0: Welcome to the Everyone's a Critic movie review podcast. I'm your co-host, Bob Zerl. With me, as always, is professional film critic, Sean Patrick. Visit us at IHateCritics.net, Everyone's a Critic Podcast.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. or are Critics Pod. Uh, listen to the show at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Alexa, all your podcatchers. And if you rate and view the show on Apple Podcasts, give us, give us a five-star review. We'll read your review on the air and... We'll give you some uh, 4K Blu-rays that some of the studios have given us. Uh, We're also live on YouTube the occasional Monday night. uh, Subscribe to the show on YouTube and then click on the bell to get notified when we are live. Also check our social media for that as well. We post it before we go live every week. Patreon.com slash critics pod is the best way to to help support the podcast. And then T Public, if you go to iHateCritics.net, click on the T Public link. Uh, you can get some of our podcast merch. All right.
1: Uh, uh, before we get into the movies, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Paul Servino yes. passed away. Uh, one of the stars, of course, of uh, the, of, of uh, Goodfellas and uh, you know, just a beloved actor for numerous different w- roles uh, just a supporting guy who pretty much in those later years would just take any role offered to him <laughs> he yeah did, he made a lot of movies i i don't have his uh, entire you know, resume in front of me but of course everybody remembers him in goodfellas and i mean that movie's not the same without him that's for sure
0: absolutely and he's also Mira servino's father which yeah everybody knows as well but yeah just uh what he's 83 so
1: 83 yeah
0: uh, it's a bummer, but it's you know he lived a good life and uh, like I said, good like you said, fellows is much better because he's in it. Uh uh-huh. Uh, anything else before we get started on the movies this week? Cause we did, Vince McMahon
1: retired off. the the head of uh, WWE Films, obviously stepping aside. So that's, yes. that's the movie that's the movie thing to bring it together. Yes.
0: He <laughs> retired. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> He wasn't pushed out at all. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a weird one. Unfortunately, I, I,
1: I don't know what this means for the Marine Eight, but uh, you know, it, it might get pushed back now because he's gone. I'm not sure though.
0: How many of those have you actually watched?
1: Uh, I think I've seen two of them. I think I saw the the first one, obviously with. John Cena, and then I saw one with The Miz. I never saw the one with Randy Orton. I that one, I w- I was even shocked to to know that existed.
0: I didn't know that existed till just now.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's in number two or number three, one of them. And then The Miz takes it from like three on, I guess, and he's been the star since then. Very Becky Lynch was in one. Shawn Michaels was in one.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of the wrestlers running. I think Naomi was in one. Uh, Very
1: well could have been, yeah.
0: And I only know that from watching Total Divas back in the day. It's weird. I was thinking about this (laughs) because I try to watch such high-quality movies for the podcast, and we keep feeding ourselves you know, higher-level material the the more we do this. When I want to watch something for fun, I just want to watch Trash. It is ridiculous. (laughs) You know, it's like, what do they say, janitor's homes are the dirtiest. (laughs) Uh, like I don't even want to watch anything of substance on my own anymore. It's just like I want to watch *Impractical Jokers* over and over again, or you know, something like that, or wrestling.
1: Yeah, uh, I watch I watch disturbing true crime videos on YouTube.
0: <laughs> I do rewatch *The Last Dance* a lot. <laughs> <laughs> just in the background with michael jordan uh i don't know why but i just it makes me feel good anyway let's get to the new movies this week and the big one is from jordan peele it's nope
1: nope uh from director writer director jordan peele uh starring daniel kaluuya kiki palmer michael wincott among others uh tells the story and i'm gonna try not to I don't want to spoil anything, but not that I don't think I could spoil anything because this movie is so brilliantly unusual. And it it's just yet another uh, signal of, of the genius of Jordan Peele. Uh, the story goes that this family runs a horse farm in Hollywood. They supply horses for Hollywood movies. They're not getting as much work lately. The father, played by Keith David, is killed early on in a very strange way. And you'll come to understand how that happened as the movie goes on. Uh, this leaves Daniel Kaluuya's character O.J. behind, along with his sister, played by Kiki Palmer, who have a complicated relationship. She's good. She's a good talker. He just wants to be with horses. That's really very dynamic. And uh, so work, again, is becoming very tough. Uh, they tend to OJs tend to sell their horses, then uh, mostly to a guy played by Stephen Yoon, who runs a Western themed uh, uh, tourist attraction not too far from where they live. Uh, He has a backstory where he was a child star on a television series where an ape went nuts and killed everybody but him, which is a great story. (laughs) It's really just so cool. It actually feels like an entirely like an entirely other movie that was made to go with Nope. And like, I would want to see that movie, too, on top of seeing this one. Uh, But (laughs) that uh, has some payoff a little later on as well. Um, it really, just everything about this movie is so incredibly well structured, and it's reminiscent of so many great things. But it's so entirely Jordan Peele. But uh, you certainly you can sense like the influence of Spielberg with uh, Jaws and Close Encounters kind of coming into it. Uh, you can certainly sense a lot up uh, with the. I don't want to say gorier, but the bloodier elements, the the little blood that there is, or the little you know heavy creep show stuff that there is, is kind of reminiscent of John Carpenter in some ways. And so, these wonderful influences coming together, uh, kind of like the way Quentin Tarantino seems to soak up you know other people's work and then create his own thing, and you know he creates something that is completely different, that is completely Tarantino. That's kind of the way Jordan Peele seems to operate: is he takes in what others have done in the past and creates something wholly new different exciting strange and in this case inexplicable uh what i love about this one too is that if you want to you can find meaning like a deeper meaning you could go in here and you know uh, apply meaning to anything that you see in this movie but i think for me what this movie is and i'm somebody who always reads deeper meanings in the movies that's kind of how we got started here is me reading too much into various different movies but I honestly think this one is just a straight ahead sort of monster movie, if you will, not to give again, not to give away too much. But in terms of just the structure and the beats that are being played, this is kind of like a monster movie. And you can find deeper meaning, but you don't have to to in in order to enjoy this. And this is kind of him, you know, Get Out was kind of a movie that was filled with symbolism. And, you know, from beginning to end, Us had a lot of symbolism in it, but it was a little bit more disjointed and a little bit more chaotic and exciting because it's so chaotic. Uh, this one is kind of sort of a perfection of a mainstream approach of a Jordan Peele movie because he's taken he's given you a movie that if you want to read something into it, you can. But if you don't want to, if you just want to watch a monster movie, you're just watching a monster movie. And so it's kind of perfect in that way. I I love this movie. I think it's phenomenal. Uh, I just I'm still there's a scene in this movie right at the very beginning where a shoe Is standing on end and it has just this little drop of blood on it. And you just stare at it, like, what, how, what, How? how is that? And it's just such a simple visual, but it's so unnerving. It starts the entire movie. And will it be explained? Who cares if it's explained? It's just set the movie off on this direction that's just going to keep you off balance the entire time. And I just, I love that. I love what Jordan Peele does. This movie's fantastic.
0: Yes, I uh, prior to going to see it, I, I kind of read Jordan Repeel, Jordan Peel talking about what he was his account what he wanted to accomplish and it was he wanted to get people back in theaters with a the good old fashioned alien monster movie. And uh so I and he, you know reminiscent of like the 50s and something I mean, that was kind of what he would was trying to do. So that was kind of the approach I took into this movie uh and let me give a little more backstory. I always bring my personal life into all my reviews. So I, but I, it's important cause it affects my reviews. I'm moving this week <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, so I'm, and I, and I'm working, I own a company and I'm moving and I'm, it's about ready to go back to school. And I've been literally found a little window to go see this movie. And, uh, then I went in an empty theater. Both my wife and I are exhausted. Super excited about this movie and also wanting it to or trying to project what it's what I think it should be or what it's gonna be versus when I watch it. I like this movie a lot. I just don't love it. Uh and I don't know if it's my mood. I also remember a similar feeling to get out where I'm like, I feel like I'm missing something, or I didn't go see it opening weekend when I rewatched it. I would, when I watched it for the first time on the video later on. I was like, it's good, um, mm-hmm. and I, I, I felt like I was wrong, and I don't know why I was wrong, and then Us I loved, but I also mm-hmm. had literally had that happen to me where somebody came to my door like a week before at three in the morning, and I lived out the first 30 minutes of that movie in real <laughs> life. Uh, and this one, again, a very cool, very original. That opening scene is amazing, and you're right, that side story I kept finding myself wanting to see that movie more than the movie we're watching. <laughs> that said, I do think, you know, what I'm, all the baggage I brought into the movie is probably affecting me because at some points I felt a little on the board side early on. Once it got going, I, and board's mm-hmm. not the right word. It just, I was expecting more of a, like a, a mainstream action movie, but I forget Jordan Peele's a better director than Roland Emmerich, so I, I can't be... <laughs> I, I shouldn't be expecting Independence Day. And instead of... I mean, I, I should be watching the artistic versions of a mainstream movie, and I have nothing bad to compl- say about it. It is very good, very original. You know, even if his influence was... You know, like you said... I, what, the way you compare him to, to Tarantino is perfect. You can mm-hmm. clearly tell he's got his influences, but it's so holy Jordan Peele. Uh... And I I just, I don't know if I was just tired or what. I just, there was times where I thought it dragged a little bit, but all in all, I I thought the performances were fantastic. I thought the movie was really cool and original. I loved everything they did about it. And once it really got going, you know, it, it brought me back into it. I just, I struggled early on, but again, I was tired and I, I'm just being honest. I feel bad. Like I I know I'm wrong. I I have nothing. Like I can't start an argument with you here. I don't have any basis of what's wrong with it. I just was. Mm -hmm. It was a little slow for me early on. Uh, But it. I don't know. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I and there's also you know I'm not a huge Spielberg fan, and Mm -hmm. when you compare it to Spielberg, I, I could see that's very accurate, and I could see maybe some of the stuff that. Obviously, I love Jaws, but. Some of the other stuff, I I guess I'm, I like it okay, but I'm a casual fan at best, I, no more than that. So, maybe I'm just not. I don't know. I, I it's been a struggle because I want to love this like a lot of the other things, like an R. I. F. movie or a Tarantino. Movie. I want to put it on that level, and I, I'm having a hard time doing that. and It's bumming me out. <laughs> if I'm being honest. <laughs>
1: I, I am going to put it close to that level. That's for sure. It's not an Ari Aster movie, but I think uh, I think this one easily ranks next to Get Out and Us. Like it, it's not even not even lesser. It may be as good or better than either one uh, in terms of accomplishment. Even it's just so well accomplished. Uh, the The ideas, the 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 shock visuals, the the uh, unexpected laughs, the word nope in this movie gets a laugh every Every time time they use it and they don't overuse it. They use it maybe three or four times, but it gets a laugh every time. And it's, and it's a, it's the perfect tension breaker because sometimes you just have to break the tension. Sometimes you just have to let people breathe for a second to set up an even bigger, you know, something that's coming next. And that's certainly something that Jordan Peele does. Uh, But I mean, visuals, like I I mentioned the shoe. There's uh, also this woman who, May have survived that monkey attack. There's a there's a there's a shot of uh, uh, Keith David's corpse that is haunting alongside the thing that may have killed him. Uh, it's, it's like wow, what happened here? There's a shot of a key. I won't say anything more about that, but there's that key. Uh, stands out for sure. Uh, so many just smart, little, tiny visual choices that just set this movie apart. In, and uh, you know, in terms of the monster movie stuff, there's just this clever little smart thing he does where he keeps setting these little rules and and has his characters sort of suss them out. They're not making it up. They're not you know deciding this at the last minute. They're using visual evidence to determine you know, the situation that they're in and how to deal with it. And uh, I, I just love that these are very smart characters. They're, they're very instinctual characters. They're not so smart that they're you know, smarter than the movie that they're in. And that, that's that's a tough balance. Sometimes they're not overly clever. I loved Daniel Kaluuya's approach to this. He felt like a real horse farmer. Like he just felt like this guy who only wants to spend his time with horses. And how uh, this is this is desperately inconvenient to the time he could spend just sitting on a horse. Uh, It's such a specific feeling. He's so great at that. And uh, Kiki Palmer is uh, on the other side of it. Uh, I love the way they play her character because she's not. She, she is a, a an LGBT character but they never overplay that they drop that in a little bit here and a little you just kind of sense it about her uh, about who she is it's just these little t- details she's very charismatic uh, you add in Michael Wincott who comes in late in the picture and <laughs> he's very very funny and entertaining and odd uh, and yeah just so good every choice in this movie is just so smart uh, I just like I said I adore this film because of the smart choices and the I thought the pacing was just about perfect for me because I just those little shocks were just enough to carry me through any any part that's a little bit slower. I also love just those those kind of those shifts to what happened in the past with that monkey had me on the edge of my seat every single time. The <laughs> little reveals you see someone's foot. You see people that look like corpses maybe sitting in the audience. You see just the little tiny details, and then you hear the monkey, and it's like listening for the shark in Jaws, <laughs> like it's but it's a monkey.
0: Like I honestly thought, you know how like sometimes the Pixar movies have, have a little short in front of the movie? That's what I Ooh. thought it was for a second. <laughs> kind I like, was like that
1: in a way. Except yeah. it comes back. We, uh, the way it starts like well ahead of the credits is so disjointed. It's very uncomfortable. I always th- I almost thought like the soundtrack had started too early or something right. in the movie.
0: And I thought maybe it was a different movie and then I got it just it, I was he knocked me off of my out of my comfort zone immediately, which and maybe I needed to be in a comfort zone at at that moment. Sometimes we're all viewing it differently. But other things that I thought he did well, like just the fact that he's named OJ, you know, in a lesser movie, that's a lame joke. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Peele's made fun of those lesser movies on Key and Peele. So <laughs> he does, it's just so subtle but perfect and fun. And I, I, I that works out well. Uh, obviously, Kiki Palmer gets a lot of the scene chewing a role. Like, she probably had the most fun with her character because it's more, it's, clearly the most fun character mm-hmm. of all of them. Stephen Yoon, too, his character is kind of fun to uh, go over the top with as well, but uh, you're right, those little subtle things, even the, the, you know, the cat in the closet thing, the jump scare that's not really that lets you down easy, even that was really well done and earned and smart. Because mm-hmm. uh, I was like... The, that barn scene with the yes, lights. Yeah.
1: yeah. That was good. That's, that was good stuff.
0: And I yeah you're i get why you're why you would say there's enough of those scares to keep the pacing good for you and i probably would have been fine at just being exhausted i could go up and down really quick it was uh but i have nothing bad to say about it it's just more of the experience the mood i was in and the experience i had bums me out and i i'm hoping it was just that and nothing else and i i can't even bring good conversation to the, what, <laughs> what my problems are which is a bummer but as it got going, uh, even when they brought the director in at the end, you no, know, in another again in a lesser movie, that's all oh, the convenient character comes in and just knows how to do this. Uh-huh. Uh, but then they even you don't even use it. I don't know. They just what they do with him is pr- is really smart, and everything about it wasn't really anything I've ever seen before. Uh, while being influenced by things I have seen before. So I, I think that alone is an accomplishment, not to mention everything else he accomplished with this movie. I definitely recommend it. Uh, there's nothing, like I said, nothing you were saying I can argue with or disagree with. I just wasn't in the right mood for it. And that pisses me off because I've been looking forward to this movie since I saw the first trailer. Was it on the Super Bowl? I don't remember. It's been a while. Yeah, I think
1: so, yeah. It's been a while.
0: It's been every weekend since then too, (laughs) (laughs) but I loved it every time. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. You think they'll ever do it? Hags, I'd love to see more of that ape. Like,
1: (laughs) I I really would love to see that whole story play out.
0: I mean, it would be like a Uh, like a Cujo type movie. It would be just quick. It wouldn't be long, but it would just be terrifying beginning to end.
1: 80 minutes. I bet you can get 80 minutes out of that.
0: <laughs> yeah, just on the set. Yeah, that just that would be uh, <laughs> that'd be one hell of a freaky movie. <laughs> Speaking of side projects, did you see they're doing a spin-off of X, the Ty West movie? No, I didn't hear that. They're doing like a prequel of I think a trailer is dropping soon. A24 just announced it today. Uh what's her name? Mia Goth? Yeah, her character is gets is either A prequel or a sequel to the i think it's the origin tale of her character Hmm. Uh, so i don't know unusual okay yeah which you know maybe that means we'll get something from nope i don't know (laughs) but sometimes (laughs) it's better just leaving it as is uh what else do you want to talk about? Nope, or is that pretty much everything.
1: I, I think we covered just about everything I want to cover because I don't want to spoil anything for anybody in this. I just want people to go see this movie, which they did in a, a good number of the weekend. The highest grossing original movie in many years, which is great to hear.
0: Yeah, I I wasn't an empty theater. However, I was on the side of town where nobody goes to the movie theaters. <laughs> <laughs> And we live in there's four cities near us and on Davenport everything there's like it's hard to find seats Moline it was just like wherever you want to sit go sit (laughs) Uh, I do like going to Davenport better though just couldn't work it out
1: I honestly wonder if that theater is some kind of like scheme (laughs) it's a Ponzi scheme of some sort
0: I mean nobody works there he works there. There's like one person Nobody there. goes there. If you try to get movie seats at the last minute, you're going to be late to the movie, even with the 20 <laughs> minutes of trailers. Uh, so thank God for the app. But, and I just refused to buy into their monthly program because I don't know when it's going to disappear. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah. And I'm the type of guy that'd be like four months later, oh, I'm still paying for this shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i've been going to davenport all this time <laughs> <laughs> all right but yeah nope it, it's either amazing or just good however somewhere in between or I'll, I'll probably more likely what sean says but definitely go see it as an original movie uh that's awesome to see that it did that well uh where the crawdads sing uh
1: where the crawdads sing is a uh ter- is it a- terrifically well-made movie Uh, it stars a young woman whose name now would escape me of course as I would get to talk about this but uh, she plays she lives in this in the swamp in North Carolina uh, in the 1960s she's grown up by herself because she had this abusive family her dad was abusive to her mom her mom left and then each of her four Uh, Their siblings sort of slipped out on their own and and left to get away, and she decided to stay with her dad, played by Garrett Dillahunt, who uh, was a drunk and abusive, but she kind of found a way to manage him, and in so doing, she also figured out how to live in this marsh by herself. Uh, In doing so, uh, he eventually leaves when she's about 12 or 13 years old, and she really has to fend for herself. And that leads her to collecting these things called mussels, which is some sort of food item in the South that you get out of the ocean. Uh, she sells those to a very kind uh, shop owner who uh, then helps her out with, you know, learning Uh, teaches her math and such and and she she grows up and becomes you know very competent astute young woman she meets a boy when she's about 17 who teaches her to read and and he sees that she can draw and you start to see her life sort of becoming uh, becoming clearer like she could become an illustrator or an artist and actually make money and you know uh, she's probably going to stay in this marsh because she doesn't like people but (laughs) you know that's a she at least she has a path forward Uh, For herself. Then uh, something happens where another guy uh, she meets uh, several years down the road dies and she ends up accused of his murder. Um, the, uh, The guy that she initially met and kind of fell in love with had gone off to college and had kind of disappeared on her. And when he comes back, there's a whole lot of tension there. And it's, it turns into a murder mystery from there. And a lot of it proceeds from the courtroom with uh, David Strathairn as her lawyer and her accused of this murder. And the, 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 actually, the murder stuff is kind of weak when you get down to it. The murder plot isn't particularly interesting. The resolution of it is, is outright laughable. Uh, when you break it down. Uh, David Strathairn's very convincing, and it's all filmed really well, but I didn't buy into that aspect. The aspect I bought into was watching this woman learn how to live, this very young girl, learn to live in the marsh and grow up there, and the life that she develops for herself, seemingly against all odds, uh, meaning boys, and and, uh, learning, and becoming an author, you know, actually selling a book and, you know, actually leaving the marsh a little bit and coming back home to it. And it's a kind of a lovely story that way. And if, if it had just been this sort of romantic tale of this girl growing up and discovering a life while still maintaining the life that she loved, I would like that movie a lot better than this, uh, you know, crime thriller that they put in that is kind of weak sauce. It's like a bad episode of Law and Order. Um <laughs> it's, uh, So the two movies don't really work well enough together for my taste for me to recommend this movie. I kind of recommend it, but not fully. I'm very much in the middle on it uh, because the, the crime stuff, the, the trail stuff, the trial stuff doesn't ruin the other movie. The other movie is strong enough and interesting enough to hold to hold up against that. And so at least I can recommend half the movie.
0: It did sound good for a while until you got to the law and order part. (laughs) It just seems like I mean it's based on a book, so it's probably one of those uh, I don't know, just summer reads that aren't very good that people love. (laughs) I don't know, maybe maybe not. Uh Uh, But it definitely sounded good, you know, the first. And I don't know why you can't just leave it like that, but I
1: think there's a certain. I, I think the first, it's a kind of a beach read thing to begin with. Right. I think the, I think the trial stuff gets kind of into it, an area where, where it wants to kind of give you a mainstream plot because it doesn't have enough confidence in the other plot. But of course they're working from the book. So the book, they've got to have the trial part because the trial part is probably in the book, I assume. Oh, for um, sure. <laughs> so, uh, But there's a a much more confident movie would have been one that was you know like an 824 style movie would have been made about the girl who grew up in the marsh and you know learned how to live there and learned how to live in the world at the same time and that's a much more interesting movie than the uh you know the more mainstream law and order trial stuff
0: yeah although fincher he took a beach read and made a phenomenal movie out of it so
1: (laughs) true he did uh, Andrew didn't direct this, though. That
0: is true. <laughs> All right. Alone Together.
1: Alone Together stars Katie Holmes, Jim Sturgis, and uh, Derek Luke in the story of a woman who is a New York Times food critic uh, just at the start of the uh, COVID pandemic when it was really beginning to take hold in New York City. Uh, she is uh, put on essentially leave uh, by the New York Times because well, restaurants are closing. So uh, she and her boyfriend, played by Derek Luke, are going to hole out at this uh, uh, Airbnb out of town uh, however long they need to while the pandemic is kind of raging in the city. Uh, she manages to get to the Airbnb, but it takes a while. And it does evoke a lot of the kind of fears and the anxiety that we all felt uh, right at the start of the pandemic. Like, how am I going to get somewhere? How am I going to get resources? What if I need this? What if I need that? And that certainly does create an effective tension uh, to start this movie. And then uh, once she arrives at the Airbnb, she's found out that her boyfriend is not coming. Uh, His father has uh, now uh, gotten COVID-19 and he's decided to stay back in New York to be with his mom while dad is in the hospital and they kind of hope for the best. And uh, so she's out there alone in the Airbnb, or at least she thought she was, because when she goes to go in the place, Jim Sturgis is there and he says that he's already rented it and uh, there of course we know where this is going she gets invited inside and it's not a thriller so you know she's not gonna get murdered or anything <laughs> this is going to be a pandemic romance these two people who don't know each other don't have much in common get locked in the same place for a lengthy period of time and begin to discover each other not an entirely original idea but it works here because it does use the pandemic well as that sort of background and The chemistry between Katie Holmes and Jim Sturgis is the key here. You're not reinventing the wheel romantically. You need to create characters who are going to make those things that we're so familiar with more interesting. And that's what they do. I like these two characters, and I liked where their romance developed and went to. Uh, She doesn't screw around too much with the idea of, well, I'm cheating on my fiancé boyfriend. She pretty much breaks up with him. Uh, at a, at a certain point in the movie, so that she can pursue this because she knows that is, this is really good, and so the movie does ca- still carry the tension of like, well, when the boyfriend, you know, maybe he's going to probably decide to come and see her regardless because she broke up with him. Uh, he's still probably going to try and get involved here somehow and try and convince her to come home or something. So there's still the tension of him showing up versus you know the romance that's developing and other secrets that are out there, and of course family members back in the city who. One of whom gets sick and passes away, and leads to other, you know, elements of this movie that really make it very resonant. I, I enjoy this movie a lot. Uh, I think Katie Holmes uh, is a, is a pretty good director. This is her second full-length feature, and she's got a, a strong command of what she wants to do. Uh, she knows that she's not uh, reinventing the way to tell this kind of story or reinventing the way you tell romantic stories. She leans into the you know stuff that you know about romance and movies and does so very well. Like I said, the key is not uh, necessarily avoiding the familiar stuff it's doing the familiar stuff as well as it can possibly be done and i think this movie does that it takes romance and with these two specific characters and these two specific actors and does it about as well as can be done and for that i can't say you know it's i can't sit here and blame it for being unoriginal or something it's it, because again that's that's that kind of a silly way of looking at it and that I mean every romance is derivative or, or you know uh, so, so the, what? it's about chemistry and those two have chemistry and the, and the incidents that she puts them together with in the movie uh, to develop the story are strong enough to get past the overly familiar elements and I, I really enjoyed it I, I enjoyed this movie it's not a perfect movie it's not a great movie but for what it is it's a pandemic romance as a kind of a <laughs> a beach read <laughs> pandemic romance
0: if you will it's, it's quite good awesome Yeah, I believe it comes out available to rent next week if I was looking at everything right. So if you want to see that, go check it out uh, on Amazon and iTunes and wherever you watch movies. Uh, I'm really curious about this next one. I have watched it, but I want to hear what you have to say first. The Gray Man on Netflix. Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, Anna Diarmas.
1: And directed by Anthony and Joe Russo, the team behind the Avengers and Captain America. This is uh, the story of a CIA agent who was recruited from prison. Uh, he was supposed to spend his, the rest of his life in prison. But Billy Bob Thornton, the head of the CIA, gets him out and puts him out in the field. And him and several other of these guys uh, who were, uh in this similar profession or guys with not, much, not many attachments and not many, uh, you know, not, nobody really will care if they die kind of thing. Kind of a suicide squad idea. Uh, but on their own nobody else with them right Uh, he ends up having this uh, mission at the very beginning that goes kind of wrong but he ends up uh, finishing it and then the guy he kills gives him a piece of information that's going to lead him back to potentially being killed himself by his own people Uh, he he manages to get out of that but of course the new head of the CIA uh, doesn't want him alive and also wants the evidence that he found so he sends Chris Evans after him who is this contractor who doesn't work for the cia but kind of sort of works for the cia he works outside the he's a he's a criminal he's a sociopath he's a weirdo uh he murders a lot of people uh and, and uh the, the the dynamic is there ryan gosling is on the run trying to uh get away and chris evans is chasing after him using any means necessary destroying buildings blowing up anything shooting and killing a lot of people um it, it, i should hate this but then it started reminding me of fast and the furious and Thinking of Fast and the Furious made me love this a lot. I really had a great time. It's such a, it's such a violent, ludicrous, over-the-top movie, but you've got two really great movie stars in it who are just awesome at doing what they do. You've got Ana de Armas, who is amazing in this movie and uh, filling in the role exactly as she's needed. Uh, the Russo brothers just are so great with their camera work, and the camera work and cinematography in this movie uh, it's like it's like putting really high level professionalism into a Fast and Furious movie. Like, it's like <laughs> I know it's a, you're probably kind of wasting money here to <laughs> being this nice to this material, but it worked on me. I loved the way they use their moving camera, and I loved the you know the incidents that they came up with, uh, and the look of the movie, the uh, the coloring, the sun, the way they use you know, sunlight is great. It, it, a lot of great things in terms of the look of this movie. It's silly, over the top, violent. Though it really comes back around with big chase scenes and uh shootouts and lots of people being killed and uh just no regard whatsoever for science or reality or any of that kind of nonsense. <laughs> we know that physics, who needs it? Uh <laughs> this is a fast and the furious movie, but made by the Russo brothers with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans. And for me, that that worked. I enjoyed this movie a lot.
0: I didn't, and I was again I'm different coming from a different angle. I have a lot going on and I'm tired. Uh, I thought it was 30 (laughs) minutes too long (laughs) and I was getting more red notice vibes where I'm just like, these guys all feel like they're in doing their own thing and it's not meshing well together. But again, that's how it felt to me, whether that's the truth or not. I don't know. Uh, Like I, I thought Chris Evans was so over the top that it was distracting. And I, you know, I suppose that's the point, uh, but I didn't necessarily think it was good. I just thought it was almost like a scooby doo villain that's really violent. It's kind of what how it appeared to be. Ryan Gosling, I mean, it's impossible not to like him. Uh, he just is. He he's basically playing Ryan Gosling, so uh, he's he's the best part. I just I just and maybe I don't know. You have all these big time actors in it. I just didn't feel like they were working together. It was like, they filmed everything individual individually and then tried to edit the movie together. Whether that's whether I'm right or not, I don't know. That's how it felt to me.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but. there
1: are plot holes like why does a- Anthony Armus has a chance to kill Chris Evans and doesn't for some reason just right. instead knocks him out like just just kill the guy. He's the most dangerous guy here. Uh, you, <laughs> but uh, that, that aside, I just I think the reason this isn't Red Notice is because The Rock and Ryan Reynolds are essentially playing the same character in that movie with the same dialogue. Un- completely undifferentiated, whereas Ryan Gosling is an entirely different energy than what Chris Evans is. Oh, top, Chris Evans also gets to be the the uh, the over-the-top villain. Anna D'Armas kind of gets the short end of the stick, but at the very least, they give her a lot of big action to do as opposed to character stuff. Uh, but the, I, I just love everything that Ryan Gosling does in this movie. I love just the, the way that they you know, they kind of make him uh, part John Wick, part, uh, <laughs> uh, part John Wick. Uh, <laughs> just do a lot of stuff like that, but it just is a lot of fun. Uh, it's derivative, absolutely heavily derivative, but again, it, it's done in such a way that is so professional and you know just smart uh, in terms of the crafting of it. So the the craftsmanship is there. The action is explosive and exciting. The pacing is almost nonstop once it does get going. Uh, I love Billy Bob Thornton and Alfrey Woodard who basically play the same characters and die the same death which is kind of <laughs> funny in a way uh, I, I dig it I, I dug the silliness of it I dug how I, I dug the fact that they even had the, the one of the dumbest sequel teases I've ever seen I just <laughs> again I just I loved the stupid of this movie it made me happy
0: I mean and here's the here's how much sense I'm making today nope I'm like Wanting it to be more like a Roland Emmerich movie, and here I'm saying it's too stupid to be good. <laughs> so I'm making no sense at all. I will say, whenever Ryan Gosling wasn't on the screen, I wanted to turn it off. Like I just, I wanted to. See, I would if it was like he was in every frame. Mm-hmm. Uh, I maybe it would have been different. I don't know. I like charismatic, you know, cool heroes uh, who, who are just carry everything they do is just cool. I, I the, you know, Martin Riggs that kind of like character. You know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Those type, you know, not even kill with just energy. You know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. does it well. Ryan Gosling always does it great, uh, and I loved every second he was on screen. I, Chris Evans annoyed me, and I know what he was going for, and he, was, mm-hmm. it, it just, it felt like he was missing. But maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. It clearly, it's I think, working.
1: I think honestly, we feel the exact same way about this movie. It's just that you didn't enjoy it, and I. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's like I want to save this time for, you know, when I'm at home and watch shit that doesn't matter. (laughs) I want to (laughs) waste on TV shows, not movies. (laughs) I almost watched uh, this next one, Persuasion, but my wife said I wouldn't like it, so I didn't.
1: I didn't actually get to it. I'm (laughs) so sweet. (laughs) I meant to watch it.
0: I can call her in and she can talk about it. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, that's on. a good idea.
1: Let's do that. Let's not
0: do that. Uh, <laughs> let's move on to our undisputed classic, which uh, I believe I'm curious as to why you picked it. Cause you told me not to look anything up and I think I know why. Uh, and then I but, think you were also disappointed with how <laughs> it wasn't what yeah. you were hoping it would be. But anyway, wrong is right.
1: Well, I just, you read the description of this one on, on, uh, on, on, what is it? Wikipedia. And it sounds really, 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 really crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's awesome. I want to see a really stupid, crazy movie that I've never heard of before with Sean Connery. And you watch it and it's like, oh, this is really conventional. <laughs> this is like not crazy at all, really. Right. Uh, it wants to be, but it's not. Uh I picked this because it's got kind of a CIA angle with it to which the gray man is a CIA movie. So that's the connection there. But Sean Connery stars as a a TV reporter who is in the Middle East. He's the most well-known reporter in the world. He goes around the world. He reports the nightly news as well. Uh, Cronkite, but uh, with a touch of like Arthur Kent, the scud stud from the ninety two Iraq War. Uh, yeah, just kind of all over the place. Him and he knows everybody and knows all the secrets and stuff. And he's friends with the president. That's the level of like the. That's a level of celebrity that he is. <laughs> um, and initially, you think that this is going to be. A media send up or is it a send up of the war and then for a while just things happen that are very serious and the movie appears to be very serious and like the just whoever directed this just has no idea what they're doing with the tone of this movie because clearly whoever wrote it wrote this is a very dark satire of both media culture and po- political culture that uh, would you know resonate today pretty well oh, yeah. uh, with the idea of people making you know calculated choices based on politics. You know, even the people in the Middle East are making calculated choices based on how that's reported by the media. Like, there's ideas there that are very dark and very satirical and could earn some very dark laughs, not unlike a Three Kings or something like that. they have very a similar idea. A director who could probably do something like this very very well, and then David O. Russell, but. Uh, this director just at times it's like he's directing a television drama. And then when he tries to make the turn at the end into high level satire, uh, it just doesn't work. And it makes these just bizarre choices. Uh, I'm trying to think of how to describe this plot. Uh, There's multiple different people in the Middle East. uh, One of whom gets assassinated. The other one gets kind of blamed for the assassination, but also blames America for the assassination. Uh, then you've got uh, the president in, in an election year running against Leslie Nielsen, who keeps you know, kind of who's playing a Texan uh, and something about Texas and all this stuff about Texas for some reason. Uh, then you've got Sean Connery, who, again, at times is playing this very, very straight and, and he's being very charismatic and interesting because Sean Connery is very charismatic and interesting. But what is his character actually doing other than witnessing a lot of this stuff? and not much is coming of that Um, it's really weird and one of the things that stood out in the Wikipedia uh, article that I read that made me kind of go well well, I want to see this is the idea that there were nuclear weapons on top of the World Trade Center which is not something that happens in this movie there aren't nuclear weapons on top of the World Trade Center they're like that sounds like it could be very subversive and interesting in this day and age post 9-11 but no no This is just, there was just nothing to it. Nothing happened
0: with that. Let's pause there because this should have been very interesting. Because, yeah, absolutely. There's there's supposed to be nuclear weapons on top of the World Trade Center. Turns out there's not, but they use those non weapons to go to war. (laughs) (laughs) All this stuff really happened and it still is not, I mean, not that it was on top of the World Trade Center, but, you know there's things that happen around the fake that. nuclear
1: weapons were right up there that are used to, as motivation to send us to war against right. the middle east
0: right but which it is, is a, just a, not based in-
1: off of a which is based off of like a right-wing think tank memo that came out about uh, four years before this movie existed that's that's the truth for 1978 i believe it was where guys like rumsfeld cheney a whole bunch of guys like that a whole bunch of think tank guys who ended up in the Bush, both Bush administrations wrote an article or wrote a, a think piece for this uh, think tank about how they would get us to war in the middle East. And it kind of plays along exactly like this uh, with the idea that they could, you know, if they, not that they were going to fake evidence, but the evidence that they needed would have to happen in a particular way. And this movie is seemingly based on that, but it doesn't understand that that is uh, both darkly comic and hilarious and terrifying at the same time, and it can't find the tone to make that work. It ends up
0: just being bland.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: I mean, like part of it wants to be Dr. Strange Love. You know, Mm -hmm. another part. I mean, some of the other movies that I was going to say it wants to be came out well after this, but it just, like you said, it can't find its tone under the right direction. I think it could be a pretty pretty amazing movie that pisses you off you know something a kubrick or david russell even an adam mckay you know some of the movies he's done recently Whoa. could have made this work uh i kept waiting for you know because like i didn't look anything up till afterwards and then i'm like okay that's why he did it because this is just like the 911 11 and what happened with the weapons of mass destruction and not really being there but it was Whoa. just kind of like He's not gonna like this. <laughs> this gonna be, it's gonna be—it's not bad enough to be fun bad, and it's certainly not good enough to be good. I mean, it's just kind of a uh, ends up just being forgettable in a movie that Sean Connery is not playing a Sean Connery like role. <laughs> you know, he's yeah. This isn't—I don't know. It, it just really. And and Leslie Niel- Nielsen isn't even like distracting because later on he goes on to be the naked gun guy. He he's playing it straight and it's not weird. It's it's just kind of there. Just bland is the only thing I can really come up with this movie. It really should be much more than it is. And quite frankly, if it was much more, we probably would have heard about it.
1: Yeah. Good point. Good point. This needed an entirely different director. I think the I think the script is there yes. but this director didn't know how to get uh, to extract the points that were needed to make it work
0: absolutely it's 100% on point uh, we've missed a couple weeks of 92 so I'll just read what came out if you want to stop me for any of them let me know comrades of summer Reven- no. revenge of the nerds 3 Ugh, gross. Honey, honey I blew up the kid No. man trouble no. A stranger among us. No. Mistress.
1: No, it doesn't sound familiar. Mo money. Mo mo money. Oh, is that the Damon Wayans one? Yes. With the uh, yeah, that, was, that was all, all
0: right. right. And then mom and dad save the world.
1: Yeah. Boo.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what we have to work with. <laughs> um, Let's see what's next week. I forgot to write it down. We got Super Pets, Vengeance, and then Marcel something or other. It's a really long 824. Marcel,
1: time. the shell with shoes on. Yes. One of the most anticipated movies of the year, honestly.
0: I've loved the trailer of it. Uh, I Hopefully, I can get to see that one this weekend. I will be moving, so we'll see. I, unless you have a classic off the top of your head, we don't have one, as far as I know. We don't
1: have one yet, uh, but I, I've already seen Vengeance, and I already know that it's one that everybody should see, for sure. It's a, um, I'm going to try and think of something along the lines of that film.
0: Excellent. In 1992, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Death Becomes Her, and Enchanted April came out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's move on to Flickchart before we wrap up the show and we will start with Dante's Peak and Taken
1: let's see the movie where they draw, they drive a truck where they drive a jeep on lava or the movie where Liam Neeson is supposed to be able to beat up guys um, <laughs> we'll take Taken
0: yeah it's, at least he could beat up somebody I'm sure it'd be cool if the movies were in the same universe <laughs> uh Romeo and Juliet, nineteen ninety six, or Logan's Run.
1: Romeo and Juliet. Yeah.
0: Jesus, Beethoven, nineteen ninety two, or Leaving <laughs> Las Vegas.
1: <laughs> what if they crossed these two movies? Uh, <laughs> leaving Las Vegas. Is <laughs> this a super drunk dog trying to drink itself to death? Sadly. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The prostitute just trying to show it love. (laughs) Make it feel wanted.
1: Charles Grodin's just fending off her advances. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: don't know. Nicolas Cage plays the Charles Grodin character. (laughs) All right. Rocky 3 or Blue Velvet?
1: (laughs) Uh, I'd like Rocky 3 to punch Blue Velvet. Um, Rocky 3, actually. I would take that over blue
0: velvet not a fan yeah if it was the more and more i like kubrick i can defend some of those weird ones like clockwork orange it's harder and harder to defend the david lynch ones just because some of them are so bad and that one i want to like it so much but it's just really like not okay at times like just messed up yeah. for no
1: I think you can defend I think it's easier to defend Lynch just because he 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 is at least ambitious in everything that he does he yes. takes a big swing, and that that alone makes me like a lot of what he does uh but that movie just doesn't do anything for me
0: yeah, and he's not i just there are certain guys like Kubrick can't miss and Tarantino can't miss when they take a big swing they just hit it out <laughs> of the park every time but so I mean I guess there's a you're right there, I just i don't know. This is a tough one. Mighty Ducks 3 or the People versus Larry Flint?
1: The People versus Larry Flint.
0: Yes. Hot Shots part duh or Thelma and Louise?
1: Mm, dang it. Uh, <laughs> I don't know which way to go. I know Thelma and Louise is way better. Way better, but Hot Shots is very funny. Um, Thelma and Louise. I'm going to do the right thing this time.
0: Yeah, if it were... A less <laughs> if it were the
1: original Hot Shots, it'd be a little harder.
0: And if it were a slightly less movie, I could probably yeah. go Hot Shots, but Dumb and Louise is a pretty mm. good one. The Ugly Truth or Under Siege. It's like your worst nightmare.
1: And no, actually, Under Siege is way better than The Ugly Truth. <laughs> just because Tommy Lee Jones takes the knife right through his skull. That really, Not that I hate Tommy Lee Jones, I just like the visual of a guy taking a knife right through the skull.
0: That is true. That is the most watchable Seagal movie.
1: Yeah, by far.
0: Swingers, Zandy's Bride.
1: Never seen Zandy's Bride.
0: Neither have I. Swingers or Popeye. Swingers. I created the Count of Monte Cristo, the Karate Kid. Karate Kid. Yes. Scary Movie Three, The Last Action Hero.
1: Last Action Hero. Last Action Hero is really watchable. I've like, never seen is that. everybody keeps st- saying how terrible it is, and it's not a good movie. It doesn't. It comes up short, but I I find it to be when I watch it to be very watchable. Like, it it breezes by.
0: Hopefully, we're not doing anything next year when it comes out when it turns thirty because I haven't actually seen it yet. <laughs> so I need a reason to watch. it. I'd
1: like it. to get your reaction to that one. That would be interesting.
0: I love the soundtrack. Uh, I have that. <laughs> black swan or castaway black swan yeah the lego movie lego batman what
1: the <laughs> f- <laughs> <laughs> that's tough man um i'm gonna say lego movie
0: yeah lego batman just a little bit too goofy if you're gonna compare the two but i love mm-hmm. them both the english patient are on the waterfront
1: on the waterfront. Yeah. 6 hours shorter, so I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Double Jeopardy Sister Act 2 back in the habit.
1: Double Jeopardy is just incredibly watchable. Again, it's a cheesy but and cheap but it works.
0: Yeah. Dirty Dancing Mighty Morphin Power Rangers the movie 95.
1: Dirty Dancing by lot. Yes
0: the happening batman returns
1: (laughs) the only batman movie i truly hate
0: uh versus
1: happening uh no it's batman returns yeah the happening is just
0: yeah that's so much fun to talk about though i love (laughs) it's not fun to watch it's fun to deconstruct (laughs) yeah uh, Texas Chancel Massacre 2003 or The Last of the Mohicans?
1: Uh, let's see. Terrible versus Up Its Own Ass. Um, give me Terrible. I'll take Terrible over Holy Up Its Own shit. Ass.
0: You went with Last of the Mohicans? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Michael Mann did Last of the Mohicans. I didn't think he was capable of making a movie up his ass. I thought he was just a think. surface level guy. Uh, cool. I think it's
1: Daniel Day-Lewis Mostly who's up his own ass I'm (laughs) sure
0: he's gone there To find roles before Jurassic World Maybe he lives there Jurassic World (laughs) Fallen Kingdom Frankenstein
1: Frankenstein
0: Yes The Family Man Johnny Mnemonic
1: Family Man Yeah Nicolas Cage Why not
0: (laughs) When all else fails uh, the Karate Kid 2010, or Marley and Me.
1: Marley and Me. Marley and Me is actually a good movie. I keep. I always marvel at that fact.
0: <laughs> uh, Kung Fu Panda 2, the Rugrats movie.
1: Uh, Kung Fu Panda. Uh, I never want to see anything Rugrats related again in my life.
0: Why is that? <laughs> it's
1: garbage. It's absolute trash animation is terrible. The characters are just n- miserable to watch. Just incredibly unfunny. <laughs> Sorry for your childhood. No, no, I apologize. I, it, yeah. <laughs> Talking to the audience. I don't know about. <laughs> it. I don't know if you ever watched that shit. I mean, I'm just slightly <laughs> too
0: old for it. Um, yeah. I mean, it was on. My sister watched it. I didn't hate it, but uh, I definitely don't have any <laughs> loyalty <laughs> to it. Uh, Commando to the left of the father
1: not uh, not seen that one
0: interesting title i guess commando bicentennial man
1: oh it's commando yeah bicentennial man is unwatchable yeah oh come on
0: no i'm not making you do that one (laughs) Uh, the english patient i heart huckabees
1: i heart huckabees absolutely
0: white men can't jump bad taste
1: oh oh white man can't jump bad taste is not easy to watch
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah i'm probably gonna watch White My can't jump i want to defend peter jackson although i don't really like a whole lot of what he does <laughs> uh, but i did like that era better but it, it's still like, mm-hmm. i don't go back to whatever so uh, yeah coyote ugly good
1: Goodfellas, good
0: yes octopussy minnie the moocher
1: That's a short.
0: Octopussy Batman Forever.
1: Batman Forever.
0: Yes. Doc Hollywood Annie Hall. Annie Hall. Grumpy Old Men. All Dogs Go to Heaven.
1: Grumpy Old Men. That movie's hilarious. Yes, it is.
0: The Wrong Man Intentions of Murder.
1: Gosh, I got to see both of those films, honestly.
0: You haven't seen the one?
1: I don't think I've seen the Wrong Man. I'm not sure which. One. I'm not. I, I don't recognize that trailer. I guess. No, I have not seen that one. No, so I've not seen either of those movies. But I want to. I want to see both of them.
0: Matchstick Men, Platoon. Matchstick Men.
1: I just don't care for Platoon. I don't care for anything Oliver Stone does.
0: Platoon's the only one I like that he do- has done. But you won the flip. Yes. I don't dislike Matchstick Men. Boogie Nights, Snake Eyes.
1: Boogie Nights, but it's closer than it ever was before. Yes.
0: Professional, some of all fears.
1: Professional, some of all fears isn't any good, unfortunately. I read my review and now I realize that I might I might have said otherwise earlier. I don't know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it.
1: I found a review this week. I just got just to stop oh, for a second for shotatthemovies dot blogspot uh, the place where I am posting all my old archive of reviews and i i found a movie that i swear to god it's i think it's called johnny's show uh it's got ethan hawk and frank whaley and i have zero memory of this movie like i have no idea that this movie ever existed and apparently i wrote about it in 2001 <laughs> so i didn't like it i didn't dislike it I was very middle of the road on it. Frank Whaley apparently plays a very bad comedian. Ethan Hawke has a role so small that I barely mentioned it. Uh, but yeah, I have, I can't like oftentimes when I'm putting these things up, I can flash to some sort of visual that I remember from the movie. Like, you know, they Alamo. I can remember a shot of uh, Billy Bob Thornton on his, tr- on his horse. Like I can remember stuff like that. It comes to mind immediately. That movie zero. I got no, I retained nothing of that film. <laughs>
0: Are you still having fun going backwards, or is that, oh, it's so you mentioned great. mentioned that it's kind of it fucks with you a little bit.
1: Oh, it does. It's like it's like well, often t- a lot of times, like I'd be just embarrassed that I wrote something the way I wrote it, or which is happening less and less, which is nice. Uh, I'm finding a lot that uh, you know, that I, that that does remind me of me, which is good. Um, I do find occasionally that I liked a movie that I didn't know I liked, and that's kind of been interesting. But yeah, you definitely learn about a lot about yourself when you're. Looking back at things you wrote, you know, twenty years ago.
0: It self storage.
1: Never heard of self storage.
0: Go check your blog. Make sure you haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that one's probably too new. Uh, what about Terry?
1: No, doesn't look familiar.
0: It or big?
1: Ooh, that's tough. That is tough. Um, big
0: if it too hadn't come out and been so bad
1: yeah it kind of drags it down a little bit yeah. It? yeah,
0: which i know it's stupid to blame sequel for the you know blame the original for the sequel but it definitely tore it apart a little bit i uh, get the instinct the imitation game the great muppet caper
1: the great muppet caper uh <laughs> imitation game could have been a lot better than it was
0: yeah frozen willow frozen Yeah, I wanted to watch Love Willow, but when we rewatched it, it wasn't fair. I
1: like Willow, but...
0: But we we went and made it the classic, or did the 30 years, and it definitely was a bummer. Just Ron Howard. (laughs) Just everything he does. (laughs) Uh, Saving Mr. Banks, Daniel Isn't Real.
1: Daniel Isn't Real looks so interesting. I am I don't think I've seen it, but it, a great poster. I want to yeah, see no it based off shit. of the looking po- Let's make that the classic next week.
0: <laughs> if nothing else, let's watch it.
1: <laughs> yeah, why not?
0: <laughs> I hope it's awesome.
1: The great poster, so I mean, I want to see it now.
0: <laughs> it has like a Mandy vibe mixed with yeah. kind of an A24 look. I don't...
1: And the title is just fascinating. Daniel Isn't Real. Who the fuck is Daniel? I want to know now.
0: yes I'm going to make sure I'm going to type it here in the notes real quick where is next week I'll put it here just for shits and giggles alright looks so good saving Mr. Banks home alone Oh. What is? You going so? home alone? I don't know what Mr. Banks is.
1: Oh, you don't. It's Tom Hanks and uh, Emma Thompson, the uh, creation of the movie um, um, Mary Poppins.
0: I may not have watched that one. What you
1: do? <laughs> <have? laughs> uh, home Alone's fine.
0: Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows: March of the Penguins.
1: Harry Potter for me.
0: The Music Man, Twelve Monkeys.
1: That's the 2003 Music Man. I've only seen the original.
0: All right, Time Cop, Twelve Monkeys.
1: Oh, you're making it so hard. Uh Time Cop. Time Cop's the greatest guilty pleasure movie for me. I just, it's so, so dumb, but so much fun and so watchable. But Twelve Monkeys is like that's real. That's an actual movie.
0: Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> I love Timecock. That was a kid. That was just one. (laughs) So good, right? (laughs) Uh, Back to the Future, the whole nine yards.
1: Back to the Future.
0: Yeah. Kingsmen, The Secret Service, Nighthawks.
1: I have not actually seen Nighthawks.
0: Really? Yeah. Is it good? Nighthawks is awesome. Really? I mean, let's not. (laughs) I like Nighthawks. I'm also a Stallone fan. Uh, but it's it's kind of a fun 80s, early 80s movie that it's one of his, it's better than like Cobra in that, that level. It's like a step above those. Mm, interesting. Uh, I'd say it's one of his better bad action movies, if that makes sense.
1: Right, we'll have to the show next week.
0: <laughs> no, we're good. Uh, welcome to the dollhouse, Ray.
1: Welcome to the dollhouse. It's a lot of recency bias, though
0: well yeah but Ray isn't
1: <laughs> Ray yeah Ray's kind of thing, yeah. that's
0: all the performance no movie The Majestic Saw 4
1: Saw 4 yes
0: Interstellar Mr. Holland's Opus
1: Interstellar <laughs> oh man
0: alright that's the end of the show <laughs> <laughs> see you next week. <laughs> I might just end on no, the corner move. <laughs> All right. Talk to Good you luck. later. Good luck. Hope it goes well. Thank you. See you. All right, see you. Bye.